FC13 podcast is sponsored by Bet99. And welcome, ball boys and girls. It's that time. It's that place. It's that day. It's Canada in the World Cup. We just had our first game. And you know what? I think we have some thoughts about it. So let's just jump right into it. You've already heard the intro. You know what it's about. Welcome to the FC13 podcast. I'm your host, Andre, joined by other lovely host here, Michael. Good, good. And we're we're missing the, the Scottish lad, Scottish boy. We should say, um, unfortunately, timing wise, I was way too drunk last night to do a reaction. Uh, Michael was busy trying to catch up on the game and Paul didn't want to do it by himself, which is fair. That's fair. Yeah, th- th- I mean, it's kind of be kind of weird sitting there talking to yourself, hoping to get other people's point of views, but just getting yourself. And <laughs> yeah, but unfortunately, I had to wait a little bit longer than everyone else to watch the game. But I stayed away from the score. I had no idea what the score was when I finally did watch it. And holy shit, I was not expecting that fucking game. I was honestly, deep down, I was thinking 2 nothing, 3 nothing, Belgium, them controlling the game. But that was not the case. That was far from the case. You see this smile? We lost and I'm smiling. This, that shouldn't be a thing. But here it is. Like, holy crap, what a game of Canada. Cannot be more proud of the boys after last night's performance. I Like, I'm absolutely livid in so many ways, but you are so correct in that watching that game it just it just didn't see like this was the game we we kind of thought or at least you know and i won't speak for everybody we're gonna go in and get absolutely hammered and just get absolutely annihilated and just blown right out of the water but holy fuck the constant pressing the constant pressure the the quality of the line the how everyone was talking like it was just all in all like what an absolute outstanding performance from the guys and gives me so much more faith despite how this result went I, yeah, I already felt good going into Croatia, but this is a different story now. Like other going into Croatia, I expected, you know what, we we could do this. It's not just ifs and buts. It's like we can, but now after seeing how we played against Belgium, our expectations have been risen, and it's it's silly to say that we have expectations of this team when coming out of group was such a, a maybe a stretch for some people. But I'm sorry, the way we played, we we were top class. We had one of the best performances I have ever seen. Us play and it was amazing. It was and that's crazy to say after a loss. Um, the goal that Belgium let in, we could talk about that. We'll start with that. Um, we'll start with the lows and we'll end with a high. Uh, and so we'll start with Belgium's goal. Yeah, it, it, it was a good goal. Um, it was. I don't think it was much Kamal Miller could do on that. Kamal Miller had a great game. I mean, you know, I love my boy. You know, I love Kamal. He couldn't do much on that one. I think Borian maybe. Maybe could have caught some fingers to it, but at the same time, it was it was a beautiful place ball. It was a perfect time with a uh, perfectly strike, uh, precision,s powers, timing. It, it was a good goal from Belgium, and it's unfortunate because anytime you land a goal right before the end of the half, you just feel the life gets sucked right out of you. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it, it was better it, at least the beginning than the the or like the end of that first half instead of the beginning of the next one. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. But and um. Even I mean, Kevin De Bruyne got man of the match, and he even said after the game, like, I don't know why I got this. Maybe it's because of my name. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think Victoria too for that goal. You know, takes a little bit of the blame because he wasn't positioned the way maybe he should, 
And it was. It was such a beautiful goal. De Bruyne had very little to do in this game. Um, but, but he, that he goal, did make that goal. He did well, make the goal, yeah. He, yeah, he, he did kind of help that facilitate, but that was such a lucky bounce and first strike. Now, there's a lot of skill. I'm going to say, like, it was, yes, you're right, a great goal, and we could have stopped it, but it was the freak goal. It was mm-hmm. it was the one-off freak goal, because, I mean, just looking at simply how how the stats lined up, you know, 9 to 22 shots. Yeah, the shots on target were a little bit different, but we spent so much in their half oh, that yeah. that it was even possible to do that, to yeah. get 22 shots off. And, and you if- see, just sorry to cut you off, but just to go back to the Barone's performance in the game, like, People, if you don't know who Kevin De Bruyne is, maybe you're more new to Canada soccer and soccer in general because you're following Canada. Kevin De Bruyne is considered one of, if not the best player in the Premier League. And for Canada to silence him basically all game is very impressive. Now, there was mm-hmm. moments De Bruyne tried to put the ball through, and there was times I thought he made the wrong pass. If he put the other player in, opposed to going for the other one, I think Pelgrim Gove got more opportunities on goal. But they didn't. And I think you look at that one goal they scored... It, it was just one of those. It was one of those goals you can't do much about it. Um, and again, I think Belgium, if decision making was a little bit more um, on their side, they would have. Uh, they would have had maybe more opportunities. But overall, Canada did a great job shutting down their star players. Like even Hazard. Hazard had yeah. a very hard time getting into the box. Well, De Bruyne, De Bruyne, like he's a powerhouse and a playmaker. Like it's just how he yep. is. Yep. So shutting him down the way we did was. We what we knew we had to do, but we just thought, okay, it's not impossible. We've seen it mm-hmm. tons of times. It's happened, but we just didn't think our squad had that maybe that capability. So it was just kind of the thought of us being able to do that, raining in Hazard, um, kind of getting our guys in the box, being able to make those plays uninterrupted, being able to win back the ball uninterrupted. Mm-hmm. I mean, moving on to kind of like the next shitty thing, we got to talk about the penalty miss. But yep. you're you're going against Courtois. Yep. This is not. Pushover keeper. We've already seen a penalty save in Mexico against Lewandowski. Yep, yep. So, like, this isn't something, you know, yes, it's a crapshoot when it comes to penalties. Most of the times, you're almost guaranteed a goal. But, you know, you're these are good keepers. This is at the world yep. stage. And I understand that there are so many people who take penalties. But I think, you know, it, it, it's a combination of both A, the nerves, and B, I think it was only a wrong choice simply because Courtois is going to be familiar with Davies' game. Um, it's not that he's familiar with it. It's just you have potentially the best goalie in the world between the pipes for Belgium, and you have someone taking the shot who's not known for scoring. Davies has his moments. Davies is a great player. I don't know why Junior Hoylet, Steven Vittoria, Uzo, who takes pens for his team in Portugal, Chavez, uh, yeah. Ch- Chavez, Chavez, whatever. You know me. I don't pronounce shit. <laughs> um, and then you also have um, uh, Jonathan David overall. Like, I don't understand. Like, if this was any other regular goalie, like, nobody was crying when uh, Alvonso Davies took the pen against Honduras. Nobody cared. But when you have the best goalie in the world, you gotta put a goal scorer there. I understand Davies took the ball. He's the name of the franchise. He's the face of the franchise country. Um, He's the guy you want to see. You know what? If he scores the first goal for Canada at a World Cup, people won't bat an eye. I yeah. understood yeah. why he took the ball. It just wasn't the right decision. I, I do think, in my opinion, that it was a big part of being able to know who he is. Because if you want to look at Eustachio, you know, it's very difficult to watch them play. You Courtois is not going to take the time to do that. He's not going to go deep diving into him. He's not going to do it for Hutchinson. He's not going to do it for Victoria. He's not going to do it for Hoylet. 
But David and Davies, he's he's going to do it. He's going to know that that's your job is to do the research on these players and knowing what they're going to do and knowing how they're going to react. And I I understand giving him not even as the franchise, but just as a pressure situation, you know, playing in the yeah. Champions League final. That is extremely he has, he's had the moments. Yeah, he's had yeah. The pressure on him before. Um, yeah, but it, w- uh, it was the wrong choice. And I mean, again, it is still at the end of the day, one of the best goalkeepers on the goddamn planet. So whether or not he was bearing it into another corner, if he guesses the right way and he's got the quality, he's going to save it. That's just how that works. I like to think of it this way as well. First of all, I just want to say, when Alfonso Davies, when this penalty was warranted, I couldn't fucking believe it. I was watching (laughs) this game and I couldn't fucking breathe. Until that shot was taken, (laughs) I couldn't breathe. I felt sick. I was like, holy shit, we're going to fucking score here. Um, And then I heard Davies have the ball under his hand and I'm like, but it's okay. It's Davies. I, I trust in him. Um, it just now I forgot where I was going with that. What was the last thing you said? <laughs> it's it's still the best at the end of the day. It's still the best yes, goalkeeper. Uh, the best goalie in the world. Um, I I don't I think I I, I just, holy shit I'm I'm still just sucked up on that pen. <laughs> um, I I do agree with you. I think Davies was a good player when you consider um the pressure he's been under. I mean Davies he is one of the best left backs in the world, left wings in the world. It, it, but unfortunately, he's not known for that. And unfortunately, Katoa made the save. And yep. I get, you can't take credit from um, a guy at work was like, Belgium's going to win this game because of Katoa, And he couldn't be more right on that pen save. <laughs> oh, fucking that. That's, what, that's <laughs> what's shitty about it is because that is 100% accurate. There is still the elephant in the room with that, that referee. Um, uh, the fact that we should have had potentially when- two additional penalties. Mm-hmm. See, I missed yeah. the second one, but I know the first one with Lorea going down in the box. So let me give you my thoughts on that, and then you can tell me the second one. Uh, Richie Lorea's pen, to me, it was a soft pen. By soft, I mean, was it a penalty? Technically, yeah, it should have been. But I understood why it was let go. When you, when as a player, when Lorea does, Lorea does this a lot in the box. You're a Toronto fan, you know this. He gets into mm-hmm. the box, and he's not necessarily always looking for the pass or the shot. He's potentially lucky for who's going to take him down. Yep. And when you're lucky for that, you put your body and your feet to the situations, which will draw pens. Now, that's what Lorea did, and it worked. But the problem is, is when you're looking for it, it gives a ref kind of an argument saying no. Now, that's just my take on it. I know a lot of people disagree. I know a lot of people think when the foot goes, because he stood on Lorea's foot, which may brought Lorea down. Mm-hmm. And I agree. That's why I say the soft pen. It was a penalty. Could have been given, but I 100% understand why it was not given. I say fuck that, and <laughs> uh, fully fuck that. I get it. He was trying to draw the foul. We knew he was. <clears throat> we all knew it. He went down. We knew exactly what was up. But by the letter of the law, that's the thing. That's what. And if if the ref had gone to maybe VR, VAR, looked at the screen, sort of went, nah, okay, all right, bullshit. Okay, sure. You yeah, know what? It, yeah. He didn't even he didn't even go and look at it, and it, it happened quick. So because at first, it was quick, yeah. at first it was like, oh, he's out a pen, and then you're just like, okay, well maybe not. And then they went back to the replay, and I was like, there was no contact on the ball. The Rea still didn't have the ball out of reach, so he still could have got it all day, every day. That is a penalty. Um, the secondary one where the hands are up and the ball comes in the chest, that's not oh, as clear okay, cut. Okay. I remember it now. When it's yeah. stocky, you shot it. Yeah, because it's okay. it's it is technically again, it's the handball. But the problem is, is the rules are so kind of ambiguous on like in a natural position 
But the problem is, is that you shouldn't be putting your hands up because then you can still swat away see, the ball. The way I see it, the way I see it, if it's in your body, you're fine. Because, I mean, if that ball's coming to your face, are you going to really take a ball to your face? Are you going to maybe... Now, if you do, like, if you're throwing your hand up Find a nickel way, for every time I take a ball to my face, I'd have a lot of nickels. I'm just saying. Uh, oh, we're talking about football. Yeah. Um, um, I, and <laughs> if you throw your hand in any situation, pen. But he didn't throw his hands up. His hands were already here when a stock you took the shot. Well, he does. He actually does kind of bring them up like this and does sort of swat at it. And that's okay. the thing. Now, this is kind of going back and talking to a couple people. It was the kind of the actions he was doing with his hands to direct the balls. So it's not, where his ball, it's not where his hands were. It's what he did with them. With yeah. The ball. Okay. Yeah. And so that's that's my thing is that because he brings them up there, but then kind of pushes it, the ball down a little bit. He is you know, trying to get duck or get out of the way. It's he's affecting the direction of the ball. Like he's affecting where the ball's gonna lie. That one's not as clear cut. I'm still on the fence. That one I could mm-hmm. easily see him being like, ah no, they I fine. Or go to VAR check and be like, ah, maybe, sure. That one's not as clear cut. But the first one, I, I think there's not a chance in hell if he looks at that at VAR and then goes and does that and says, like, ah, that's not a penalty. Well, that's it's by yeah, the letter of law. It's soft as shit. But that's a, why I say the I'm soft bias. <laughs> I'm biased. B, you know, you got to go flat out by the letter of the law. Like, that's just how, especially in these scenarios. Or else VAR has no, beyond no credibility, which we're already struggling with in yeah, this World Cup so um, far. Who was the Toronto player after the game said there, there's no reason for, um, in the, at the World Cup, these calls to be missed because of today's technology. I can't remember who it was. Some TFC player. It, the, one of the Italians made a comment saying, uh, no way in hell should this... Uh, should you cause be like this being messed at the World Cup? But unfortunately, we've seen it a couple times already. The the uh, yeah. the refing is no matter what tournament you're at. I feel like the refing is always under um, scrutiny. Specu- Very, yeah. scrutiny. But way it's been more scrutiny. so. It's been way more so. I find in the first game for every team. But it, it is what it is. Um, like I, move- do, I, you know, I wonder is and this is where I want to get your opinion on it. Do you find maybe it's because we have so much technology that they're just kind of relying on them to say oh yeah, yeah you got to do this like you're they're feeling well, that, like their decision making is being completely wiped out and they're just relying well, on tech yeah one of the biggest problems with var and all this shit uh one of the biggest problems in my opinion is a you take the pressure off some of these reps to make the right call but you also give them the 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 right to refuse like you can't hmm. tell me there was nobody in that reps here saying take a look at that and he's just like no so why is why are we even looking at it then? Why was VAR even brought into it if the refs gonna be like no? You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, actually, yeah. And we, and totally we've right. seen it before. This isn't the first time we've seen this at the World Cup. This isn't or any other tournament. Um, I believe in the uh, what's the South American one there? Their, so it's it's Commonwealth. Commonwealth. In their tournament uh, a couple years ago, a ref straight out said no. I'm not looking at it because I don't want to. Like we we've seen it before. Um. It, it is a problem because, again, it takes the pressure off the linesman and the refs, and then it also gives them the chance to say, no, I don't want to. So you, you need a balance, and I don't think we have that balance yet. No, I, I, I don't think we do either. Not not to with this ref. And there, there's some sketchy shit with this ref to begin with. You know, he had instances of match fixing. He was suspended. He's had bad calls in the past that have come caused problems. By the he's way, also, he has been suspended this World Cup as well. Now, after that game, he's been suspended. So. Yeah, like that's that's the kind of shit. Like, this is what sucks is because 
this happens and now Canada is the one who has to face that brunt and that bullshit versus a do over or something like that. And that's where I find I find it such bullshit because he was picked. This this is already completely surrounded in corruption scandals already has the stuff. Then you pick a ref who was suspended before for match fixing. You, you pick one who blew the whistle five minutes early and then still blew the whistle like 30 seconds early in a, in a match, a massive international game. And this is yeah. on international. This isn't just like club level when he was yeah. 19. This is international games. Yeah. You know, you have one he blew in the first half before the added minutes were. And I know they're added time, but it's a minimum of. There's a reason why they say it's a minimum of. Blew it before then. Did the same at the end. You know, yeah. even with us on the attack. So it's kind of a fucked up situation. Um, and And I mean... That's that. It's shitty for us. Well, let's let's get more positive now because that was before positive, we get more positive. Oh, let's more go negative. to an ad break. No, let, let's. <laughs> so yes, let's, negative. We're starting off in positive, but then we're gonna go into positive, and the positive is this ad break. So thanks so much, guys. We'll be right back. Check out our ads here. FC Thirteen Podcast is sponsored by Bet Nine Nine. Bet99 is a Canadian sportsbook and casino. They offer in-play betting, player props, a cash-out option, and many more great products. There are a variety of sports available on the website to bet on, including NHL, NBA, NFL, and the MLB. Bet99 works smoothly on both desktop and mobile. And the Bet99 mobile app can be downloaded from the homepage of the website. Depositing and withdrawing funds are hassle-free with a number of well-known methods available to you so you know your money is safe and secure. The website can be viewed in both English and French, and customer service is available 24-7 on live chat. So go to bet99.com and make an account to get started. Remember to use our code 13thmansports1, but please gamble responsibly. 19 plus, play responsibly. Available to persons in Ontario only. Subject to successful AGCO registration and execution of an operation agreement with iGambling Ontario. If you have any questions or concerns about your gambling or the gambling of someone close to you, please contact Connex Ontario 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. And now, back to the show. Thanks so much, guys. Welcome back to the FC13 podcast. We're recapping the Canada-Belgium game. We've already sort of said our negative bits, but let's, as Michael said before the break, let's get on to something a bit more positive. Um, there was a lot to take away from this game. Yeah, let's start with one positive. Um, let's talk about the lineup. Um, again, I don't think Canada had one bad player. I think they all re- equally high. Maybe the one moment, like Alistair Johnson scuffed that ball a couple times. Maybe the most poor shots. Uh, people are on Jonathan David a bit about, uh, you know, his finishing I think that's the big thing to take away from this game is Canada's lack of finish. But overall, I think they all had a decent game. But it brings me to the lineup. Do you not think Kyle Lahren should have been in there instead of maybe um, Buchanan or Hoylet? Because I would like to see David and Lahren. Because watching that game, I'm, I'm, a couple times when David just screwed up or, or missed the shots, I'm thinking, Lahren scores that. Lahren scores that. But then Lahren came on, and then he had two pretty good opportunities with the headers. And I'm like, maybe maybe he doesn't? Maybe he, like... I, I don't know, because I went into it, and I was thinking, like, fuck, I can't really find something wrong with it. But you are right. I looked at Buchanan and went, oh, okay, against, you know, some of the other people with more experience. I'm like, but he has been playing well. He always does play well, and he brings that speed on the wing. Yeah. The problem is, is to, in my opinion, Buchanan and Hoylet should have never been together. I would have chose one or the other. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then have Larry on for the other. And that's, I mean, again, I love Hoylet. He's one of my favorite players on Canada in history. Probably my mm-hmm. top two, top three. Like, I love Hoylet. Um, 
the the problem is though with his he's a little bit older, so he brings the experience and he brings good defense and attacking. Like you can literally throw Hoylet anywhere you want. Mm-hmm. The problem mm-hmm. is though is with him and Buchanan. You have Buchanan on the wing and Hoylet playing a little bit more of attacking mid, which is fine. But then we take we lose that player to play beside David. It was almost like David was playing alone, which I I, I didn't like that. I don't know, maybe you could argue me. Maybe you could disagree on that. Maybe I'm wrong about the formation. But that's what I get when you see Hoylet and Buchanan. You have Buchanan trying to get the ball into the box. And you have Hoylet more on the outside with David in the box alone. But then, you also look at the other side. Adekubi starts instead of Lorea, in my opinion. Even though Lorea had a great game. I'm not bashing him. And same for Buchanan. Same for Hoylet. I'm not criticizing them starting. I just think there maybe could have been better options. No, well, so much for that negative going to positive. God, it's not positive. I'm no, I, everyone. I, I'm, I'm genuinely kind of somewhat on the page. <clears throat> I think Larea has to start. I think his whole thing of roughing up, pissing off the opponents, and getting a bit physical is what we want to play. We want to play that aggressive to get them out of, of whatever funk that they're like. Just to just to draw out what we need out of them. And I think Larea starting is right. I think changing him too when he did was also a good choice. Getting out of Kubi in there to really bring some speed and some, uh-huh. like, full energy. But I do agree with you on the Hoylet and Buchanan that maybe one over the other, you know, having, you know, Buchanan there, but then having Laren in and bringing Hoylet in as, like, an additional attacking chance or corner or free kick, yeah. you know, because we saw how good he was in Japan. Or like, pen. <clears throat> or pens, you know. <laughs> um, again, Oh, hate to I hate to barking on that one. We would have had another one if the ref did his fucking job. We would have seen whatever. Ugh. Now I'm just <clears throat> now I'm digressing. But we did keep them off to one nil. Yeah. So our back line was fucking phenomenal. Quite good. Again, I know they won this game, and it really sucks that that's how we have to talk about it. But they had three shots in target and nine shots in total. Yeah. That for the for the Belgian national team playing their full squad strength is fucking insanity yeah i if you had ever so showed me a picture of this like the stat charts and said this is the canada in the world cup i said like great what fifa are you playing because like <laughs> not a fucking chance not a chance yeah. in a million years it, like it was, our back line was so good yeah kamal miller to some people he was the best player of the game and i think he's, he was outstanding again i love my boy kamal and the amount of people that said to me why would you get his jersey instead of davies or david that's why that game was exactly why, because he is such an important piece of this damn team who's not recognized. He will now. He has oh, to be now. I, I, I fully want I fully want the Reyes because again, the entire team voted him to be the first one to get a red card. One hundred percent. We all <laughs> we we have our we have our loves in that way. And I think And that the, last second effort from Lorea before he got subbed off, holy crap on a defensive play. And that was oh, the like yeah. Kamal Miller came out of the play, Lorea's right there, man. Like the back end especially works so well together. And that's what I said about all of them playing in Montreal. You have Kamal Miller, Alistair Johnson. Uh, 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 <laughs> Jesus, hell. Come on now. You're normally the one who defends well, It's because I was thinking of Waterman. But Waterman was on the bench, my bad. But still, Steven Vittoria, he's been with the team for so long now. And then you have Larea from Toronto. But hold, like such a good effort. Such a great effort from defensively. And if we could just keep that going into Croatia and the forwards keep doing their thing, maybe find a little bit 
more um, obviously a finishing touch. In yeah. my opinion, Laren starts over Hoylet in the next game, and then we bring on Hoylet later on. Mm-hmm. Maybe Kone starts, gives Hutchinson a bit of a break, and then you could bring in uh, Hutchinson maybe against Morocco. Um, these are options we have, which is nice options. Very. Good I, options. I love. I think. I think I need to keep Hutchinson in because I found that's what helped us was that cohesive. When he okay. speaks, everyone listens. Oh, that's I, true. And I, I fully understand pulling him off because again, he is older. His legs are not going to be able to handle that. I get it. But when you have Croatia coming in as an older team that is very, very tightly packed and well regimented, I think you just you need that Hutchinson command to yeah. to keep it going. But yeah, you're right. I think Laren coming in and and getting that attacking power because if we can get up on the front foot, like if this game had went and we got that penalty, obviously you know if my grandmother had wheels, she'd be a bicycle. But if <laughs> If for some reason we had managed to to you know get that goal and that penalty, would they be more defend like would they have been more defensive? Would they have taken that risk of going up on that run to get point. that That's goal? That's a good point. Well, um, <clears throat> I'm sorry. I th- I think with Herdman's style, no, I think we would have kept pushing. Herdman is one to never sit back. He wants the teams to know who we are and where we're coming from. And Herdman, I think even if we get that one nothing lead, maybe yeah. later in the game we sit back. But I don't think so. I think we. I think no matter what situation we're under, we push and we push. And the then, only thing I'm really hoping. Does that do it also for Belgium, though? Because that's what I want to know. Like, would Belgium be willing to take that risk and push forwards to counterattack like that? Thinking, mm. fuck, you know, we're 1-0 down. Can we can we risk being our, our line stretched out? Like, they're just hammering us, yeah. all, like, at the goal. I, like, do we risk what? that? It's something we will never know. And the Unless, one thing- <laughs> unless... Unless the fucked up thing of the thing tournament, the fucked up thing of the thing is that they recall the game, we replay it, we get to do it again because that was all a shit show. And we start the game with three pens because or two pens because we didn't yeah. have one. We just oh my fucking god. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I'm hoping is um I'm I'm really hoping Croatia did not watch this game. I I hope they decide to go swimming or something instead. And I'm really hoping this did not wake Croatia up thinking, oh shit, we gotta we gotta do something. Because if we play like that, we might be screwed. Because Belgium is a better team than Croatia, in and out. Not, there's not much question to it. Yeah. Croatia just drew Morocco. Um, if Canada do end up losing on Sunday, that's it for us. We do get knocked out of the tournament. Mm-hmm. But that's not the mentality. Nobody's thinking that. Everyone is going forward saying, we could beat this these guys. It really comes down to what Croatia does. It re- I mean, I, I know that sounds like common sense. But if Croatia could adjust to how they played against Morocco and knows how Canada played against Belgium, Croatia could be a handful. But if mm-hmm. Croatia go into that game like Belgium did, Canada is going to spin circles around them. They are going to run absolute laps. And yeah. I think they're going to watch. Like, why would you not watch your opponents? But I don't think they're going to come away I with that. I said I they... hope they didn't. I now, know they did. I know they won't. <laughs> yeah, no. Now, I also do wish that they had food poisoning too, you know, coming starting tomorrow. But... You know, again, if if my grandmother had wheels, um, it's it's also a scenario I find at least in this regard, I don't think they can even really come up with a strategy because Belgium got away with that lucky goal from just that that one set of plays. But beyond that, even going in to the second half, there were a couple dicey spots, but it was it was just a non fucking stop battering of just hammering their net and hammering their net, and I think. It was just the overwhelming requirement. Like, it's just something that I think is so hard for a team to do. Yeah. You go into it, and 
as as Mike Tyson always said, everyone's got a plan until you get punched in the face. I think that's a scenario is that once it's that pressure kicks up and we're going against legs that are much older than ours, it's it's something I think they might have a lot of difficulty with. Do we stick with that formation? Do we stick with that plan? We don't know. Herdman's kind of been a mastermind. I think this. I think Herman he's not he's not afraid to make changes. Like we saw him playing in Larea over Adakubi, even though Adakubi played almost I think every qualifier where Larea did miss some. Um I think I think Herman makes adjustments. I think he knows we need uh, maybe a little bit more of a finishing touch, and maybe and maybe we put out the same lineup and maybe we just make earlier changes. Who knows? Because we didn't play a good game. I don't think anyone's complaining if this same eleven take the field on Sunday. No, 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 not not at all. Not at all based on that performance. And I think it's something we'll have to see. And I think we're all really excited for it. I, I'm not. I think I know we're all really excited for it. Um, the mood will be very somber if things don't go our way. But remember. A lot of us are going into this just thinking one goal is all we need to beat our performance in the last World Cup. One quick question to finish it off. Count the scores on Sunday. Who is it? Okay, we'll do it in a two-parter. Who is it? And who, <laughs> who do we it? want? Okay. Yep. Okay. Who is it? I genuinely think it's going to be like a weird, scrappy, you know, ball bounces. And it's going to be like Stephen Victoria. Okay. Or... Uh, you stack you like it bounces and just someone's there to kind of catch it. That's so an own goal, an own goal, <laughs> or even fucking own, an own goal is actually a great. I don't care. Like just, works for me. Like yep, that's yep. fine with me too. Uh, what about you? Um, I'm gonna go with a 72nd minute one nothing to make the game one nothing. Liam Miller. Of course you are. Kamal's brother. <laughs> of course you are. We mean, of course I am. I have the other Miller on my jersey. This is Kamal. The other one's Liam. We're going mm-hmm. with Liam Miller. Uh, of course you are. So who do you – seeing that being said, who do you want to I'm have the goal? I'm never not going to say Hadiba Hutchinson. Yeah, okay. Never, good. never, never. Hutch- yeah. Hutchinson, it will make me cry to my bones, you know? Uh, I, I I, think for the sanctity and safety of football, like, you know what? They should have just put him in the pens anyways, even if he's like, I don't want to do it. Herman that, should that be like, yo, fuck that you, get in there. That crossed my mind. I'm like – Hutchinson's going to step up. But then I also thought he's not that type of player. He's not going to take that from someone. He's, he's not. He's but it's not. just like the rest of Canada wants this. Get yeah. your ass on that fucking dot and take this <laughs> shot. You need to be the one to bury this. It's not this. for you. It's for the country. And Yeah, do it for the fucking – you got to remember, this, that's for all of us. All of us can just be like, well, World Cup's good. I can go home now. Hutchinson scored. Scored the first and only goal um, after so many years. But thank you guys so much for checking us out. Uh, thanks for kind of tuning into our late and last minute sort of recap of the first game or reaction video and podcast. Make sure to be checking us out on TikTok and YouTube where you're going to see a lot of this stuff and a lot of different World Cup content coming up. You'll see either some sad boys or some very happy boys. It'll all depend on how the you know turns table. Um, but make sure to follow us on FC13 Podcast on all of those as well as wherever you get your podcast. Make sure to hit the subscribe and notify button so you never miss an episode. Michael, where do we find you? Uh, but call me Michael on Twitter. And you can find me at the Andre McRae. Remember, guys, listening to the FC13 podcast is a lot like watching football through a microwave. Hello.